everybody. He's Drew. I'm Ted. She's Tootsas. This is Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? We are on turbo tonight, Ted. We are way behind. We, we are way behind, so we are going to get right to it. First of all, you're doing okay? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, Ted. Uh... All right, stop talking. That's good. Stop talking. Be quiet. Tootsas, you doing okay? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Thanks, Ted. Bye. Okay, good. That's good. Drew, what time is it? Ted, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix a little problem? Light this candle. He's right. Light this candle. Yes, we're sitting in the countdown. I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix a little problem? Light this candle. He's right. Let's light this candle. He sure is. Light the candle. Yes. Let's do the countdown. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. 35 seconds. We're rolling. Another world record. It's been a long week for me last week. We're recording late this week. So we are not doing a movie. We are just getting right into some Vikings news. We've got Drew's big board coming up. We're doing a best of trivia this week. Yeah. I want to do Ridgemont High. I haven't picked a movie, so next week I'm putting that out there right now. All right, remind me, we'll do it. Uh, all I need is some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. We're going right into Vikings news. We've got defensive tackle position to cover tonight to include yeah! roster guys, free agency, and Drew's big board. We got the best of trivia tonight. So we are going to roll right into Vikings news. And the one that just kind of hit not too long ago. We've got free agency and all that, but the one big piece of news that just happened a little while ago is Vikings cornerback Patrick Peterson announced on his podcast that he's returning to the Vikings on a one-year deal. I'm going I'm to stay put right now in Minnesota and, and run it back with the guys, man. Keep it in the north. Drew, you like that move or not? Yeah, I do. I'm not probably as ecstatic about other people. I saw when it came through, people were pretty fired up. And then Darren Campbell, who does the two old bloggers show on Saturday, Mm-hmm. He wrote, great, one year older and a year slower. I'm not impressed by your performance. <laughs> so he, he, he <laughs> That's a Darren Campbell answer for you, though. But uh, I don't know. I, I really like to see a move to safety or to bounce around. Safety corner, maybe be a rover back. I think they could use him in a lot of different areas. I mean, it's always good to have a veteran corner. We don't have any corners. Corner group is pretty sad right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good with bringing him back for another year. Well, now, when you say we don't have any, I would disagree because when we roll back into the free agency news right here, which we're getting to, the Vikings have signed or re-signed three guys. They re-signed cornerback Ty Smith, who was with the Vikings last year. Yeah. And in the last few days, they signed cornerback Nate Hairston, uh, previously of Denver, and cornerback Chandon Sullivan, previously of Green Bay, because apparently the Vikings are just all about signing old Packers players now, which is cool. I'll tell you, Sullivan, Hairston, and Ty Smith, Really don't really move the needle for me. We said meh, M-E-H, meh. Peterson isn't the guy he was, what, four or five years ago. But I think he's better than some other street free agent the Vikings could have picked up in, in the way of Hairston or Sullivan or, or even Ty Smith, the guy they resigned. So he's an upgrade over that guy. For those, Over those guys, he's not, I don't think, an elite guy that he was. Still a starter, though, right? Oh, he'd almost have to. I think him and Cam Dantzler right now, until we just see what happens in the draft, I, I would I would pencil those two guys in as the starters right now today. Yeah, and people got to slow down with, oh, we're not going to take a corner at 12 now because Patrick Peterson ain't moving the needle that much. I, I'd agree. I, I think cornerback is still very much on the table at 12 for the Vikings. There were a couple other free agency signings as well. The Vikings signed guard Jesse Davis from the Miami Dolphins, and he's kind of projected as the potential starter at right guard. How can he be the starter already, Ted? Come on. 
I, I don't know. But, uh, guys, now there are folks on Twitter comparing him to Josh Klein. You remember Josh Klein signed with the Vikings in 2019? I thought he had a pretty decent year, but I don't. what, what are your thoughts on Davis? Started out at tackle, stunk it up. He got moved to guard, and it totally, like, reinvented his career. He actually became a starter, signed a five-year deal, played, played what, 72 games for Miami at guard. But he okay. was about – playing tackle was about getting ready to flush him right out of the league. He was pretty poor at it. Okay. Which is, which is a good thing to hear. 6'6", 320, pretty big guy. I, I like Jesse Davis, but you know how I feel about, oh, he's the starter because we don't have anything better. I'm bit, You know I'm against that kind of thing, Ted. Yeah. Like Dantzler. Oh, we got him because we don't have anybody better. He can start at the other corner. You got to have good guys at each position. I started thinking about the right guard position, Ted. What were you thinking about the right guard position? Drew? I don't know. I care if it's Jesse Davis, Wyatt Davis, Betty Davis. Mac Davis? Mac Davis. Miles Davis. <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr.? I don't care who the hell is in there. Well, we got to get this locked down. And I looked up something yes. for you today because, Ted Glover, I like to give you information. Give me that information. You remember our boy Anthony Herrera, big fan of Vikings Report, watches every week. Blue-collar guy, meat grinder in the trenches, played low to the ground. Absolute ball buster <laughs> offensive lineman. Anthony Herrera, I bet you if he came back now, he could be the best guy in the team playing guard. Yeah, and he wasn't that great. Like, in the pantheon of Vikings offensive linemen, I put him a little bit below average, but the dude had a mean, nasty streak, never took a playoff, and, and would always go after his guy 100%. I loved Anthony Herrera, but he's been gone since 2011. Okay. Here are your right guards, Ted. Brandon Fusco from the Slippery Rock. Joe Berger. Berger. Mike Harris. Mike Remmers. Josh Klein. And Ole Udo. That's six guys in 10 years, Ted. Wow. And... Go ahead and speak to whatever you want. You brag about any of those names I just reeled off, but that's what it's been since Anthony Herrera left. All those guys. You know, Mike Harris would have been really good. I thought he was going to be a really good player until he had that. It was like a brain, like a blood flow vascular kind of thing. I can't remember exactly what it was that ended his career. That's not good. No, it wasn't. Blood flow vascular thing? It's probably what Chris Rock has right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, here we go. Why can't we find somebody to lock down that guard position? A lot of turnover. Yeah. And, well, heck, they moved Remmers inside from tackle to guard. Then they used Klein. And of those guys, Klein wasn't bad. I thought he had a fairly respectable 2019 season. Like I mentioned earlier, there's some guys comparing him to, to Klein. And if that's the comp, I'm not upset. However... Again, maybe I'm beating this horse to death, but I wonder if those third-round draft picks that we have talked about more than once on this show, Wyatt Davis, Patrick Jones II, Chaz Surratt, and Kellen Mond, and we can kind of forgive Mond for being quarterback and not playing, but those four third-round picks, you wonder if the Vikings have plans for those guys or are those going to be four completely wasted picks? Remember, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. Like. 2020 was for him. I, I hope not. I hope Wyatt Davis comes in and competes with, with Jesse Davis. I think we can safely say Davis will start at right guard this year. Man, you know, we get the Ed White, and then from him it went to, you know, Jimmy Huff. We just got guys that we locked in the position for yeah. a long time, and it was, you know, shouldn't be flip-flopping every other year. Can we just draft a guy or develop a guy that's going to be there for, like, three years at least? It would be nice. We haven't had a guy there for three straight years since Herrera left. 
you said 11, 2011 was his last year. So we're going on what, 12 years now? Yes. Wow. For the right guard position. Six guys in 12 years. Spinal tap had more stability at drummer than you. <laughs> like he's a right guard. Tragic, really. He exploded on stage. So much for that NFL thing. Ah, guards are easy to get. Yeah. Oh, apparently not. Guards don't matter unless you don't have any. Then they really do kind of matter. You see any of those uh, corners that we signed being like playing or more than special teamers or... Between Chandon Sullivan, Chandon Sullivan's probably a little bit further along than this Nate Harrison guy, isn't he? With Mac Alexander not coming back, I would think one of those two guys would probably be your top candidates for the slot position. I, I saw where they have both played the slot in the past. Yeah, you think Sullivan's a slot guy? Yeah, well, you ran a 4 6. So if you're going to run a 4 6, you're not going to play outside corner, that's for certain. Come on. Move it. Could you be any slower? You're probably more set up to play the slot. I don't know what he did over with the team from Wisconsin, but, uh, I mean, he had five picks and 16 pass deflections over there. So Yeah, we have talked about the Vikings needing depth. Right. And, and these guys, Smith, Davis, Harrison Sullivan, along with the previous guys, Jordan Hicks, Johnny Munt, tight end, Harrison Phillips, T.Y. McGill, defensive tackles, Austin Schlotman, and Zadarius Smith, which is kind of your free agency class. And, and it sort of feels like free agency might be winding up for the Vikings now with Patrick Peterson when you, when you throw Patrick Peterson in there. But we've talked about the Vikings really needing to, to beef up their depth. They needed to answer some, some questions at starter, and I, I think we got that with Patrick Peterson and probably Jesse Davis. We'll see how training camp battles go. They said there will be a competition there, but you would think he'd be the favorite. So although the Vikings, other than maybe Zadarius Smith, you would call him a headliner, the Vikings sort of addressed – I think the positions they needed to, how well those positions have been addressed, the only way we'll find out is once they take the field, though. Has the positions they've addressed led you to believe that their you know, early draft, first three rounds, is going to go a certain way? They could draft any one of the positions we've been talking about, corner. I'm still high on wide receiver. I think they'd go for wide receiver. But defense, defensive line, linebacker, or cornerback, I think, are very much still on, on the board for the draft because, I mean, other than Zadarius Smith, assuming he's healthy, he's a penciled-in guy, but I don't know that there are guys that are automatic locks other than Smith that you can pencil in as starters. Uh, maybe Jordan Hicks, linebacker from the Cardinals, but all these other guys are are just depth and, and competing for, for starting jobs and playing time right now, I would think. I think Jesse Davis has a little bit better resume coming over, and I hope he does work out to be the starter, but I'm not going to pencil him in right now, but at least he was a starter. Yeah, my, in Miami, and you know what? I went back and watched some tape uh, over the weekend because I really don't have anything else going on in my life except, hey, Drew, cool birds. Boring. <laughs> Jordan Hicks. I'm gonna say it. That guy. That's a great signing. That guy's yeah. a really good football player, Ted. Okay, he's very solid. What I look for in linebackers, and we'll be doing the linebackers here in a couple weeks, going over the position and the draft and everything. The reaction, how you read something and react to it and get to it. He is solid in that area. That's good. I think we're going to get a lot more out of Jordan Hicks than, than people are kind of, people are kind of meh on the signing. I think he's going to end up being a lot more big, pleasant surprise than people are, people are giving him credit for. One other thing before we move on to the defensive tackle position. Last week, the, the Minnesota Vikings were bringing offensive lineman Ryan Bates into town. Yeah. He was a restricted free agent for the Buffalo Bills. He visited the Vikings, I think. The, the Dolphins and, and then the Chicago Bears, we thought the Vikings might have a chance to, to get him. He ended up signing an offer sheet with the Bears, 
And the Bears fans started chirping, saying, we're getting Ryan Bates. And you're not. And you suck, Minnesota. And we got our GM. We didn't, you didn't get him. And then Ryan Bates had his offer matched by the Buffalo Bills. So the Bears lost yet another guy. So they've had a defensive tackle they signed, failed physical. And now Ryan Bates had his contract matched by the Buffalo Bills. They ain't got him. So they still don't have any help for, for Justin Fields. So, <laughs> Are you all right, man? Uh, I think so. How about now? <laughs> Suck it, Bears. <laughs> well done, Ted Glover. Uh, good. I don't like them getting any players at all. So let me ask you one more thing before we move on to defensive tackle position. I just, I just thought of this. Does this free agency class, along with what the contract restructures they've done with the guys they've got coming back, has this moved the needle for you? I mean, the, Mark Wolf has said this is a team that can compete. Last year, they were 8-9. and nine. It appears that they are really putting their belief in the reason they were 8-9 and nine was almost due solely to bad coaching. Do you think that's the case, that this roster, as it is right now, even before we get to the draft, is a playoff-caliber team? Uh, I think a lot of that depends on how the injury bug hits us. Because I still think 2022, the Vikings are not going to have a lot of overwhelming depth talent at each position, which was kind of a problem last year. We always said, if they start getting injuries, we're going to be in trouble. I'm not as down as Gloom Nation is, because Gloom Nation wanted us to sign Deshaun Watson, then sign everybody else. And if you don't, then Ryan Poles is a better GM than Quasi and yabba da ba da 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 I'm not going to freak out that much, because I actually want to see the games played before I make my decision up. Okay. I like the moves they made because I think financially they've all made sense. If you look at Harrison Phillips contract, you look at Hicks contract, everything is kind of making sense financially. It makes me worry a little bit less, but you know, we were broke coming into free agency and we have like six or seven signings, six, seven, eight guys. So, and granted they're not all pro bowlers, but I'm okay with how things have gone. I'm happy with the off season thus far. I'm happy that they have addressed the depth, especially in the defensive secondary. They've got two guys they signed, the two guys along with Patrick Peterson that they've now re-signed, or including Patrick Peterson they've now re-signed. That's good. I think Zadarius Smith is a definite upgrade at linebacker. You know, everybody says it's it's bad coaching, and we joke about, well, yeah, they were five plays from 12 and 5 or whatever it was. They are also a few plays from 5 and 12. So yeah. how will that coach, will he be on the plus side of those calls, or will he go through a steep learning curve? We saw Dan Campbell. Last year with Detroit, first-time head coach, makes some some questionable decisions as a rookie coach. And, and that's something I think you should expect as a guy learns to, to be a head coach in the NFL. So I, I don't know. I'm going to say they are a playoff team, Ted. you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me! you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. I don't think it's a dominating first-seed playoff team, but no. I think the Vikings are actually going to win the division. One thing I'm really feeling good about is the overall attitude and positivity that's floating around this team. After all, tomorrow is another day. That's one thing that feels a lot better. Zimmer hated everybody. Spielman hated Zimmer. <laughs> Players didn't like Zimmer. He's kind of a dope. All those press conferences, Donatel introducing this guy. It's all talk. They got to get it done. Yeah. I'm still feeling good about this team and uh, the direction they're going. Vikings fans just say, well, yeah, we were 8-9, but we did this and that could have been a good team. And at least we're not the Lions and the Browns level of dysfunction. I remind you that last year, and, and this is a big thing, I think, that leads to what you were saying. 
when you talk about dysfunctional, I think you could put the Vikings squarely in that category. When you had a head coach that would not talk to his starting quarterback and a general manager that would not talk to the head coach, there was some serious dysfunction going on with this team last year. And if that is taken care of, like you were talking about with the shiny, happy people vibes going on, I, I think it could be different, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, like you said, we'll have to play the games. A lot's going to be said when we have our draft with yeah. our draft show, brother. That's right. When are we going to do our draft show, Drew Bunting? We got one month, April 28th, April 29th. We are going to go live. We are going to have a hell of a time. It's me and Ted Glover and Tuntis and the great Christopher Gates. Yep. You, you miss a party that Gates is involved in. You're yeah. missing a party. Let me tell you, you can call in. We'll have you on screen. You can join our show. You can rant. You can talk draft. You can come on either day live. We're going to have guests. We're going to have prizes. The last time we partied hard with Christopher Gates, we ended, up, we, we ended up in Tijuana with Fredo Corleone. That's all I'm going to say about that. Thursday and Friday, rounds one through three. Come check us out. I'll be live on our YouTube channel, possibly our Facebook channel, maybe both. We're still working that out, we'll, but we'll let you know definitively what we do. You know, the barbecue smokehouse king, Reggie Adams, Yeah, he messaged me yesterday. He's setting up these big lights in his backyard to do a live cookout during our draft. Oh. He, we could touch base with him and he could show us the prime rib and all nice. that. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's all excited. But Reggie will be on here with us. A bunch of people that we talk to every week will be on there with us. But we want you to all show up. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be a good party. And we are going to talk some serious draft. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting two nights for the Vikings. An interesting monster can't have an interesting hairdo. And I don't know what things are coming to. Those first three rounds are going to really determine, I think, in a lot of ways, the future of the franchise. So that's pretty much it for our Vikings news. I would think with the Peterson signing, that would pretty much be the major moves left for the Vikings. It's going to be maybe a couple minor moves, but I'm thinking they're going to start gearing specifically towards the draft now, but there could still be a couple more signings down the road. But now we move to our position of the week. This week it is defensive tackle. We're moving over to the defensive side, Ted. As we do every week, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you the guys that are currently on the Vikings roster. We're going to talk about free agency, which I think they've taken care of in the early stages of free agency. And then we're going to move over to Drew's big board. Currently, the Minnesota Vikings have eight defensive tackles on their roster. That's right. You can't throw a bowling ball without hitting a defensive tackle on the Vikings roster. Yeah, one of our list guys on the Gallahorn, Justin Barkley, yeah, he sent a message saying, hey, Drew, we got eight guys. Why are people talking about taking Jordan Davis with the first pick if we got eight defensive tackles? So that's a legitimate question. It's a lot. Let's put that list up on the board and see who we got. We got James Lynch, T.Y. McGill, and Harrison Phillips, who were just signed recently in free agency. Jordan Scott, T.J. Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, Jalen Twyman, and Armand Watts. And in free agency, the Vikings lost Michael Pierce. He went back to the Baltimore Ravens, I believe it was. Yeah, I'm going to miss all the memories that guy left with us, aren't you? Ooh, those, those seven games he played, they were memorable. Right up there <laughs> right up there with Yannick and Gakwe. You know, though, you put those two guys together, that's just an all-time line for the Minnesota Vikings. You got the Purple People Eaters. You got, you got the Millard Dolman years, Henry Thomas and Al Noga. And then I think you got to put in Gakwe, 
and, and, and Michael Pierce up there, they got to be a solid number three. Above the Williams wall. They're above it. Oh, hands down. <laughs> what do you think of the guys on the roster now? I think it's not a bad unit as it currently sits. I don't, I don't believe. No, do you? I don't think so either. And the more I started thinking about it, looking at and seeing eight on there, Ted, mm-hmm. the more I'm thinking three, four. Last time the Vikings ran a three, four, I wasn't even old enough to drink. 1985 was the last time we ran the three, four. That's the year I graduated high school, brother. I didn't know you graduated. Springsteen, Madonna, way before Nirvana. <laughs> 19, 19, 1985. What the English do another? I love the fix. That's a good group. All right. So 3-4 then. How many defensive tackles do you think they're going to keep? Here's the deal with the 3-4, Ted. you got to have a nose tackle that's good. You have to have a nose tackle like Casey Hampton for the Steelers. Okay. That's how Bill Cowher won all of those defensive games was with Hampton playing nose tackle. But your defensive ends in the 3-4, they're more built like tackles than they are defensive ends, if that makes any sense. They're not your prototype defensive ends that you'd run in a 4-3 with four down linemen. They're more... Defensive tackle slash defensive end. They're more bigger guys because their job, too, is to eat up blockers and stop the run. So you have to have a little bit more girth on those guys. I think that's maybe why there's so many right now on the current roster is that if you're going to be playing a 3-4, you got to have more guys like that. Do Dalvin Tomlinson and or Harrison Phillips meet your threshold of that Casey Hampton type player at nose tackle? Because ostensibly, that's why those guys were signed. Yes, and I think Harrison Phillips, when I talked to to our buddy Abe Lincoln, I talked to him about this two days ago. He said Phillips does play nose, but the Bills ran him in the gap technique nose tackle. It wasn't just right on zero technique with the center where he lines right across the center. They were putting him in the gaps in some oddball nose tackle thing, but he can play nose tackle, Harrison. Okay. And uh, I think Armin Watts plays a little nose tackle. And what about Jalen Twyman? I don't know that Twyman's big enough. He was like, what, 5'8 or 5'9? I mean, the dude was a – he's built like a bowling ball. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think he fits that typical big nose tackle profile that you see in a 3-4, does he? No. Maybe James Lynch is more of your 3-4 defensive end. Okay. Out on the edge. And Armin Watts, he could probably play, play a little bit of nose tackle. But if they want to have a dominant nose tackle, a dominant one – then they might want to look to Jordan Davis from Georgia because he's probably better than all of them. Now, I still think, like in passing situations, they're going to have probably, like in a nickel, in a typical nickel formation, they're going to have probably four down linemen, two linebackers, assuming Kendricks and and Jordan Hicks would be my guess, and then the five defensive backs. So I would still think, even though you're going to do a 3-4 on your first down or maybe closer in the red zone on first down or, or running situations, they're still going to need a fair amount of defensive tackles like we've seen in past years when the Vikings were running the 4-3. Sure. When they get to that nickel package, like you said, it's going to be a 4-2-5 or whatever. They're going to probably, like, the old. remember Bill Arnsparger? Yeah. The old Giants coach? Yeah. Well, back in the 70s, when they were running the 3-4 on passing downs, he kind of introduced the nickel a little bit. He would pull the nose tackle out, push the defensive ends in, and line them up over the guard, and then put two of the linebackers that were in the 3-4 into a three-point stance which gives you four down linemen. Then you have two linebackers and then the secondary guys when they switch to nickel. That would be the way to do it. The, the other way to do it is to leave three down linemen, pull one of the four linebackers, run in the nickel back that way. I guess okay. those are probably the two options to do it. But Like a 3-3-5 like a three, three, kind of deal. Right. I would be happy to see Donatel running different varied offenses all day. 
that would be bitching for me. Oh man. yeah, that'd be three, awesome. four, five, five, three, eleven, oh, <laughs> whatever, dude. You have to have pretty athletic guys to do all that, and they have to be conditioned pretty well. But if they're going to be in the nickel all day, then you're not going to be running a regular three four. That's for sure. You can never have too many defensive tackles if you're going to run a three four defense. You need some. So with the Vikings switch to a three four and maybe still doing some four down linemen in a in their nickel and, and dime packages. Was it tough to look at these guys this year on your big board and decide who would fit for the Vikings depending on what you think they're going to do? Or what was your methodology in in looking at these guys this year? Kind of started, got my 35 guys, and then I started watching tape. And then I took a piece of paper and I wrote down who's who I think would be a good nose, strictly a nose tackle, compared to a guy that could play nose or either a 4-3 end or a 3-4 end. In a 3-4 end, you're pretty much lining up across from the tackle. Mm -hmm. You got nose. You got your nose tackle, then you got your defensive end lined up over a tackle, then the other guys lined up over a tackle. I mean, there's variances to it, but that's kind of how I went through it. I listed them all out, and I came up with 15 guys. I got six that I think are would be pure nose tackles the Vikings could look at if they're strictly looking at we need a nose guy. Then there's other guys who could play both. So I kind of made two lists and then put them all into one. But free agency, you know, they signed T.Y. McGill and they signed Harrison Phillips. I don't know that there's anybody left they have to sign. Do you? The only name on there that jumps out is me is Linville Joseph, but he's a little old. Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell, and Cleveland are on there. They could both play one place nose, one place three technique. And Dominican Sue, he's just 112. I don't want him. <laughs> but we're not signing any free agent defensive tackles at this point. Not anymore. I don't, I don't think so. I'd be surprised if they did. Let's get to the big board. Let's talk about it. All right. So you've got two Georgia guys, one and four. You got Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. Davis won. Devontae Wyatt fourth, DeMarvin Leal, Fedarian Mathis. You got some big names down there. Who do you want to talk about? Well, first off, I want to talk about last year because something happened that was weird in the draft that I've never seen before. What's that? There was 19 defensive tackles taken in the entire draft, but none taken in the first round. Now, I don't know about you, Ted, but I've never seen a draft where no defensive tackles were taken in the first round. The first guy didn't go till number 38. Two in the second round, three in the third round, four in the fourth round. And there was 10 defensive tackles taken in rounds four through seven, including our own Jalen Twyman from Pittsburgh. So who do you like out of this bunch then? Well, pure nose tackle. The guy that the number one on my board is probably number one on a lot of boards. Is Jordan Davis, you know, the guy that ran the fast 40 time. He was the combine sweetheart, Ted. Six, six, three. 41. He's the only guy that got two 90 plus grades on the Drew scoring system. I make a little scoring tablature system. It's not a chart. It's not anything fancy. It's just handwritten down. I give a point system of zero to a hundred. He had a 93 tackle and a 93 run stop. You're looking for a nose tackle to do two things. Eat up two blockers, not one, but two and be stout against the run. Davis is the best player in this draft at doing that. Now, he's a guy that recently has been kind of linked to the Vikings in terms of, you know, people doing mock drafts, which I absolutely hate. And he's the only lock you have as a first-round guy. You've got DeMarvin Leal as a first or second-round pick. A, do you think Jordan Davis will be there at 12? And B, do you think he would be the best, depending on how the board fell, he'd be the best guy for the Vikings to pick at that spot? Oh, man, that is a... (laughs) That's a tough call. He will be there at 12. As much as I look at the teams ahead of us, I don't know if they're ready to pull the trigger on it. But they have to know. They have to have a premier nose tackle or the 3-4 is not going to work. It's that important, Ted. He's exactly what you want for a pure nose tackle. He can't be single blocked. I didn't find any tape where one guy could block him. 47 games. The guy's a great player. He could have been probably a second-round selection from Georgia 
in the last year's draft, but he stayed to win a national championship and better his draft position, which he did. He was two for two. Check those two blocks off. Very, very smart. I love watching him play. He can shed tackles, not only take up tackles so the linebackers can get free, he can also shed them, and he's a great run stuffer. Now, the, the only thing you're not going to get with Jordan Davis is a lot of pass rush. That's not his game. Number two on my list, DeMarvin Leal. Let's get that straight. Leal, my bad. Other shows are calling him Leal, and I'm complaining about it because it's DeMarvin Leal. You do not want to anger him with his name. <laughs> DeMarvin Leal, Ted, awesome. Now, this guy's probably more set to be a defensive end in a 3-4. He's more of a, a three technique in a 4-3 or a defensive end in a 3-4. He's a guy that shoots gaps and gets to the quarterback. He, now, he's your pass rush guy. If you're the Vikings and you decide defensive tackle, we're going to pick at 12. Are you thinking that it would have to be the pure nose tackle that we've talked about? It would have to be Jordan Davis? I would think so. I don't think Davis is the only choice there because Leal's not, he's not a guy you're going to put at nose. But as we look at his tape, notice the quickness. That's the first thing that jumps right out at you, how quick the guy is. Very versatile. So you can stay on the field in a 3-4 defensive end position, or you can throw him outside in a 4-3. One thing I will say about Leal, and I hope he's not listening, that guy takes plays off. Does he really? Yeah, and I don't like seeing that with any player. And I'm not saying that to, to taint his image or anything, but... His motor could use a little improving. Okay. Him and Perrion Winfrey. Those are the two guys on my 15 that take plays off, and it bugs me. But Leal has so much upside to his game that you kind of look the other way because when he is playing full motor, he's killing people. <laughs> Might go late in the first round, but he definitely will be gone by the second. I like Leal. Fedarian Mathis. I got to tell you about this guy, Ted. Get him in there, 3-4 defensive end. He's probably your prototype being great against the run and taking on blockers so he can free him up for the linebackers. He is a very physical player, Ted. Probably the most consistent defensive tackle I, I, I studied all the way across the board. I mean, he's not as good a pass rusher as Leal, and he's certainly not as good a run stuffer as Jordan Davis, but he does everything pretty well. 53 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, and 8 sacks, Ted. Wow, that's pretty good. His two years at Bama were kind of lame, and the last year he really blew up which sent him up the boards with everybody. But there's a lot of competition when you're playing the inside of Alabama. I'm surprised with so obscure a school as Alabama is, he's getting such a high draft grade from you. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Saban talking about him, and you know what kind of stood out? What's that? Saban was saying, this guy's a great worker, a great leader, and a great teammate. I like those kind of qualities in any kind of football player. Now, granted, sure. he's probably trying to talk his boy up a little bit, but uh, he's probably a guy that you could plug in there right away and get a lot of usage out of Darian Mathis. I like Darian Mathis. Looking at your guys kind of, you know, four, four or five down through the, the later round guys or maybe down to, to Neil Farrell Jr., the middle round guys. Right. Let's say the Vikings do not pick Jordan Davis in the first round. They go another direction, whatever that position may be. So which one of those guys, and you've got Davis, we got Jordan Davis first, and then your next guy on that list, you have Travis Jones sixth in the third round. Between Travis Jones, Ridgeway, Farrell, and Agbinia, in the later rounds, which of those guys would you like to see the Vikings get if they decide to go for a traditional 3-4 nose tackle? I got three guys on the Viking alert. Ridgeway, Travis Jones. I think okay. those guys can both develop to be fantastic nose tackles, Ted. John Ridgeway is crazy. He played for Illinois State in the spring of 2021, then transferred to Arkansas and played for the Razorbacks. Exceptional player. Took on a real grueling SEC schedule and was killing interior offensive linemen on all the tape. 
very, very physical player. And also Travis Jones, a UConn guy that I already mentioned. Travis Jones, more of a run defender. Not much in the pass rush, but he's a great tackler. How about this for athleticism, Ted? For Travis Jones from UConn. As a senior in high school, Travis Jones rushed for 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns. And as a defensive tackle, had 61 tackles and seven sacks. Wow. And that, that's just nuts. So that's, yeah, that athletic of a person, bring him into camp and there's a lot you can do with him. Just a great, great football player. But he and Ridgeway, I would be happy if they took either of those guys. If Ridgeway just drops a little bit, mm-hmm. we got to get a fourth rounder back. We have to get our fourth rounder back. I, I would think they would, yeah. And then my other Viking sleeper on there is Matthew Butler from Tennessee. Really love this guy's game. Okay, what do you like about him? He's, he's your number 15 guy. Yeah, he is. He's not spot shadowed on any of these highlights. But if you notice, he's lined up on the bottom of the screen, I do believe. He's a developmental guy. He's not going to start right away, but you can play him at defensive tackle, or you can try him out a little bit of a nose tackle, 6'4", 300. Very explosive, Ted. He's like Leal through the gap. He might be the more athletic guy. He can play anywhere along a 3-4. He can certainly play him at defensive end in a 3-4. He's not getting a lot of buzz in draft circles, but I, I think Ed Donatello and Chris Rump would love to mold a guy like Matthew Butler. He's just like Ben Brown when I mentioned him for the center from Ole Miss. Just a guy you watch and you go, that guy's a damn good football player. Who's the guy in your middle rounds that you have as like more of a traditional defensive tackle that you think the Vikings might look at in their nickel package? They might bring in as a rotational dude. What about Haskell Garrett? I don't think Haskell Garrett has the strength to be a consistently good defensive tackle at the NFL level. I think he won a lot of his battles just because he could physically overpower a lot of dudes that are never going to sniff the NFL. I don't think he played particularly great against equal competition or maybe even a little bit better competition. He wasn't bad. He was a good player for Ohio State. I don't know that he has a ceiling that will allow him to get up and become like a a, a full-time starter in the NFL. I, I could see him as a situational rotational guy coming in kind of a career backup ish sort of thing he doesn't strike me as a nose tackle I don't think he's anywhere near big enough or or strong enough to be like a traditional three four nose tackle I I think he's more of a traditional four three guy will probably be a rotational dude at best in the NFL I hope I'm wrong hope he has a great career I'm dropping him down to 14 after the show now (laughs) what did you think though I had him ranked a little higher because I like guys who play to the end of the whistle, man. They go a little bit he extra. Does. He's, yeah, he's he a, does. When he's out there, he's hustling. He's getting his teammates fired up. He has a lot of spirit in him. He seemed to me like a very spirited player, which is the same as I could say for uh, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, my number four. A lot of Georgia guys are getting a lot of talk about along that, you know, N'Kobe Dean, all those guys on Georgia. Without Devontae Wyatt, I don't think their defense is nearly as strong. That guy is a fantastic football player, but he's more of a three-technique type guy. He doesn't get a lot of the flash and the talk and all the splash that comes out of this draft, but Devontae Wyatt might damn near be the most versatile defensive tackle in this group. All right, anybody else you want to talk about? It's a good class, Ted. It's better than last year. I'd be happy with any of these guys on my list. Good defensive tackle group, Ted. I was very happy researching them, and I'm very happy with this list. All righty. So that'll do it for our defensive tackle position group this week. We'll take a quick break, come back with our best of trivia, and then we will wrap up the show. Whether you're cold or whether you're wet, you'll weather it better with a warm 
welcoming Nor soup. Like Nor blended golden vegetable. Wholesome, nourishing vegetables selected and blended for a soup that's thick but smooth. Soup in a cup or soup in a bowl. There's no soup more satisfying. Nor soup. So good you go. is going to work is we're going to start with easy questions and we're going to get harder as we go along that's what she <laughs> that's what she said since we both represent michigan ohio state we're going to be leaning on you to do most of the scoring okay so i'll get like 60 <laughs> i'll get like 65 points and you'll get 30 you know what that answer was right there that was jt barrett's fourth and one Spot was good, no, baby. Let's go. Spot, Let's spot, go. That spot was garbage. <laughs> that was the year your boy Woodson won it. Right. And then the he... national championship team. Cole. National no, no, Cole. no, Cole. no, no, no. Half, half a national championship. Yeah. Nebraska would have punked you. Nebraska would have punked you that year. After Andy escaped the prison, Red said that Andy crawled to freedom through foul smell he couldn't even imagine. Red equated the distance Andy crawled to the length of how many football Oh, my God. I Ted, just realized, dude, you know that what? I, was I can on... see the look on Ted's face. He's going to go. I need absolute silence. I need absolute <laughs> silence. Andy crawled to freedom through 500 yards of shit-smelling foulness I can't even imagine. 500 yards, five football fields. That is correct. Yeah! All right, you guys ready for another round? That's what she said. <laughs> you know, it's time to put Toons uh, at a kill shelter. <laughs> You really think you have a chance against me, Mr. <laughs> Cowboy? Is that pretty close, isn't it? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. Excellent. All right. Did we win the overall thing or did we fall too far behind? It doesn't matter. The cat's still going to wear the green helmet. <laughs> stupid. Cats are stupid. <laughs> Line up and wait. Cleared for the option. Request to transition airspace. Uh, things a pilot would say. Yeah. Things a pilot would say. <laughs> yes. Not mayday, my God. <laughs> Dante Culpepper. Fred Smoot. Mawel de Moore. Guys on the love boat. <laughs> yes. Next. <laughs> Peyton yeah. Manning deserved the Heisman. How's that Rose Bowl record? Things that Randy Moss said. Yes. No. You have half you have half of a national title since 1948. Ted, what things Ted Lover says about Michigan. 
from our trivia. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Uh, excellent job, Ruby. We are, do we are just dopes, dude. A, we're not smart, uh, and B, we're dumb. <laughs> I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> this will pretty much wrap up episode 58, our Wally Hilgenberg or Ed McDaniel. You're either Team Wally or Team Eddie. I'm Team Wally. Wally and Eddie. Yeah, you worked that together, Beaver? You are pretty hard on the Beaver last night. <laughs> Stop it. We're so dumb. This is, how, how have we made it through 58 episodes? I have no idea. Again, don't forget April 28th and 29th, the first two nights of the NFL draft, rounds one through three. It'll be Drew, Ruby, me, Christopher Gates, and uh, hopefully we'll have some, some guests on that can pop in and say hi and kind of give us uh, their feelings on the night. Drewster, once again, thanks for being a great co-host. Thanks for doing all the editing and all the good stuff you do. Ruby, thanks for absolutely everything. Thanks to everybody that watches. Like, we're over 8,000 subscribers now. It just blows my mind. We'll try to do better the next time you take us home. Thanks, Ted. Thank you, Toonsons, for putting the show together. Ted, thanks you for the great hosting job. Thank you for liking, subscribing. Make your plans now. Get your sleep now, because in a month, we got a huge party, and I want you to be there. I want you to be on here with us, camera live, talking. We'll be back with more dumbness next week. That's it for me, signing off. Say goodnight, Ted. <laughs> goodnight, Ted. <laughs>